Welcome to the Hacker Noon Podcast. This is a very special episode, so I've got a very special guest with us. He's actually the CEO and founder of Hacker Noon. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about something a little different than what we're used to. So we've got a little bit of a situation with Hacker Noon, and we wanted to talk directly to our audience and let them know what's going on straight from David's mouth and, you know, my mouth a little bit as well, I guess, but uh, mostly David's. Uh, about what's going on with this situation with Medium and, you know, moving off Medium potentially and launching Hacker Noon 2.0. Hacker Noon has recently done a successful crowdfund and there's been a lot of different things going on. So I'm going to kick it off to David. David, can you tell us a little bit about the background of how we got here and why you chose Medium as a content management system? Hey, Trent. It's really cool to be on the Hacker Noon podcast. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I didn't really intend to set out and make this technology blog. I kind of uh, always worked in tech and I really like publishing, you know, but early in my career, I was being paid more for writing and marketing as opposed to growing your own site. Um, and I wanted to go all in on my own site. And I didn't know what the site would be. I know I like building community and I love reading and hearing directly from people what their stories are. And so we started 16 different publications um, on Medium. And the thing with Medium is they cut out, in the early days of their content management system, they really cut out a lot of the bullshit that other CMSs do. You know, like the idea that there's always a left and a right column while reading is insane to me. It is so distracting. It is so hard to focus on the text with these left and right hand columns. And most WordPress sites have them and most sites across the internet do. So that one thing that they did was really just great. You know, if you're looking at the screen and you want to read, you don't want anything else. <laughs> you just want the story there. So I thought that was, um, really cool um and they really just made it easy for for people to come in and start their own publication you know you could bring in your own friends and then they had a network behind and then they recruited tons of publishers you know uh pacific standard think progress the ringer and it was like okay you know all these kind of cool publishers are getting on board here maybe a young publisher like me like (laughs) should follow the news and learn from this and you know i also Before this, uh, with the Smart Recruiters blog, I did a very similar model where I opened it up completely for any recruiting expert to come in and publish about recruiting. And I offered curation, distribution, and editing. And it was a lot of manual work with WordPress. Mm -hmm. You know, creating the user account, do you manage their user account or not? You know, that's that's an annoying thing about WordPress and Medium was like, no, the user manages their account and they can publish on all these different sites. You know, they just make an agreement with the site and they publish in that publication. So it was, a, it was a more open way to see the web in the early days. If you were a writer, you could publish in many different places by create, starting one account, which is pretty cool. Um, so that, that's um, what attracted me in the beginning. And plus like, I mean, blogger, Twitter, Medium, like just a lot of respect, you know, for Ev Williams and the things he built. Um, I don't think he thinks the same thing about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so let's set some context here. So. For the average listener, I'm not sure if they even know that Ev Williams is necessarily behind all those three projects. So he's a Twitter co-founder, he you know, founded Blogger, and then now his latest project is Medium. So you know, this 
he's had a very long, interesting career in Silicon Valley that's kind of led up to this point. Um, and, you know, I, I, again, like I said, I'm not sure if everyone listening knows that, you know, he, you know, he was one of the original t- uh, co-founders at Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And I've uh, watched a lot of his early videos are funny. He's like, I'm Ev Williams and this is an internet company. (laughs) And he's like in Nebraska, like selling some internet services. And that was like, I remember my first business card at smart recruiters. I was first, I was an unpaid intern. Then I was a a paid, like I was the marketing department, but my first (laughs) business card, I just wrote internet enthusiasts. (laughs) <laughs> and then I out as like a 20 year old in San Francisco, like, oh yes, I'm enthusiastic. I'm very enthusiastic about the internet. It's like, what do you do? Like, I grow the site. <laughs> <laughs> well, you then grew Hacker Noon here. Let, let's catch up to, you know, the present a little bit here. And I mean, what's the Alexa ranking now? It's like, it's crazy. Uh, and we're not talking yeah. about the robot. We're talking about uh, a, a ranking site here of uh, that ranks all the top sites. But the- Alexa is owned by Amazon, Alexa.com, to rank sites. Um, <laughs> but yeah, not the robot. Uh, but yeah, we're we're around top five thousand in the world. Um, so it's a you know, I think it's pretty significant. And for most of the, for a lot of the time, it was just me for the company, and part time people. And then it was me and my wife Ling. And now we're up to four people. Um, and some and a whole part-time team of eight, but uh, getting to a top 5,000 site in the world, a lot of it is just showing up to work every single day. It's mm-hmm. like figuring out what works and every morning digging into stories for the first half of the day, no matter what. And that's four hours every day, you know, just get the story submissions, hit this baseline of quality stories out um, and try and raise the quality, which is a pretty big challenge. But for the most part, what Hacker Noon is, is a place for tech professionals to publish their stories and meet other great people in the community. So the community aspect of this is really what's grown it because all the content is owned by the community, um, the the individual community members, and we have a non-exclusive license to publish here. So we're kind of in that spot where it's like, kind of like a Huffington Post just for technology professionals or a LinkedIn publisher just for technology professionals, but a little bit more of that rawness and we don't really want like all this formal stuff. Like I'm fine if you want to go all lowercase, like I'm not going <laughs> to style guide you. Like if that's your tone at the time, be honest and publish in your voice and publish in your tone. And I'm not going to go up there and say, Hey, this is the AP style guide. Let's, let's, let's clean this up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's what I personally got attracted to Hacker Noon and started writing for it. Cause it was like, Hey, you know, I, so for me as a writer, like I like, I wanted to reach a bigger audience. And Hacker Noon was a great way for me to do that. When I write, I'm writing it so that I can reach people. I'm not writing it because I want to make money necessarily. So uh, it was really powerful to, you know, be able to uh, add my publication, you know, the, the content that I was writing to your publication. And all of a sudden, I'm getting 10, 20,000, 50,000 reads on some of my articles. Um, and that was, that was really powerful. Like, if I had just published that to my profile, it would have went into a black hole and like 10 people would have read it. Um, so, you know, it was, it was great to be able to get that exposure and to have access to an audience. And I think a lot of the writers who have written for Hacker Noon over the years can probably relate to my experience. It, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's kind of a different model than where Medium has kind of taken things now. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how Medium went from being this like really open publishing platform 
uh, and content management system to you know what it is now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to incentives. And um, when you take on a lot of money and you say you're going to change the whole world, you know, you you have to take big shots. And so they made a pretty big pivot to say contributor instead of having your story publicly available for free we would prefer that your story is behind a paywall and we will pay you for it and our paywalled readers will read it so mm -hmm. they switched from saying let's empower tons of people to grow their sites and bring in their communities have the readers and writers create medium accounts to do so and then change to the only thing we want writers to do is publish on medium.com and we don't want any other sites to really grow and if you want to curate content on medium.com, you can do it. And I mean, I get some of this, why it makes sense. I mean, first of all, the URL, like how cool is that? <laughs> like they really do have a super valuable URL that like you don't want to give up on. Um, so um, with this business model they're taking now, they're trying to be like the Comcast of text. And they're trying to get every human in the world to pay them $5 a month to read stories except those stories instead of being created by tnt or abc like channels they want to be created by individuals like you and me and put our stuff behind the paywall and tell you know well-written stories and you know they publish ton thousands of stories a day so the quality <laughs> varies tremendously <laughs> within the site um you know our our we're looking at more like 20 stories a day right now and as we move into our own infrastructure and we empower community editors, I think we'll get to a higher volume of stories per day. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough pivot. It changed my entire life. I mean, I bet my business on this content management system and trusted that area of the technology was taken care of and I could focus on growing the site, getting better content, building a better community, uh, looking at having events, having a community forum and just, I, I it was nice to not have to worry about what the content management system will do. Yeah, and, and the then, infrastructure behind it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I made trade-offs, you know, they paid for our hosting, but they took all of our reader data and now they own our email list. <laughs> and so, you know, these trade-offs that I made in the beginning to start growing, at the time I didn't think that like, oh my gosh, you would <laughs> steal this. <laughs> it's, yeah. not, it's not stealing, but it's, uh, you know, it's all the reader data. It's, it's it's not mine. Okay. I mean, I analytics some, life, some context for the, the people listening right now. Who owns HackerNoon.com? Let's get that out of the way. We do. Um, so our formal name is ArtMap Inc. You know, and that's what we started as. It's kind of our deep, and then our DBA is HackerNoon, and HackerNoon is what everybody is focused on. So uh, we own the site, um, and the content is owned by the contributors, and we have a non-exclusive license to it. Okay. And what the heck just happened with Medium recently? Because they, they sent an email. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, so Monday at 4, um, people start forwarding me. All these contributors are forwarding me this uh, email from Medium to them. And it's talking about what Hacker Noon is doing or not doing. And basically, it boils down to our whole site is just a container. And our, all the work of this company is one container. And that's what it is, which was extremely confusing. And the, the first tweet that came out was like, 
Medium sent me an email to clarify about Hacker Noon, and I have no idea what <laughs> what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and I think a lot of contributors don't even, you know, maybe they haven't even followed that Hacker Noon is working on 2.0 and is potentially leaving Medium. Like, you know, some people just, they hadn't read those articles, you know, they knew about the crowdfund maybe, but maybe they didn't pay attention to the, all the details. And I mean, a lot of our, the people, that we attract a lot of them like, Oh, we're going to write a couple blog posts a year. Hacker noon is a great place to publish it. And so, you know, I'm not going to, I'll come there. I'll read sometimes, but like some of our best contributors, it's not like they're publishing every day and it's not like I want them to, you know, I want people to publish on our site that are doing great things in their day-to-day -day lives. And they come to us when they have a story and they mm -hmm. want to amplify that story and they can come to many sites with that story because it is a non-exclusive license. And we believe writers should publish many places. Like it's better for the writer if they're all over the place and their stories many places, it's just better, you know, for the, for talking, getting your story out there and, you know, getting people like you or people that should read the story out there. It's, it doesn't make sense to uh, keep it hidden in one place. So but medium disagrees with you on that one. They think it should be behind a paywall now. Uh, they think you should have to pay to read that content. Uh, and they also aren't being too nice to publishers because apparently you're just a container now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of publishers got pretty burnt. Uh, I waited it out longer, I guess. You know, like seeing some of these guys, like the owl is now dead. Yeah. You know, it's just like they couldn't handle the transition off and it killed the company. So there's... And it, frankly, you know, it probably should have killed ours. You know, we got low buyout offer from Medium to buy us. So they were in the spot where they're trying to not give us other options and push us into a low offer. And the offer was frankly less than they're paying their marketing professionals and their head of advertising for like one year's salary. And it's like, dude. <laughs> Isn't that funny how that works? But also let's set some context here again for the listener because what we need to establish what happened in, uh, what was it, June of last year? Uh, what it, what, you know, you, you just randomly heard from medium that, uh, you could no longer run advertising on the site. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, so we found, uh, in terms of being a sustainable business for enough to pay for two people, um, and run the site, uh, we would do a weekly sponsor and we wouldn't track the reader at all. It would just be co-branding across, across the top hacker noon sponsored by PubNub. Check out PubNub, something very simple like that. Um, so it was a pretty good thing where we weren't taking up any more space from the reader. We kept within our same area that we were just putting our logo. So it didn't really affect the experience much. Um, and that was growing to a, a steady business where we were booked for all of 2018. Um, and then in the summer, they tell me they're going to, they want me to stop doing this and it has to happen on September 1st. Mm -hmm. And now in this time, okay. As a business, as a bootstrap business, you know, we had to find a new revenue stream or have someone buy us and put their own logo at the top because then it would be a first party ad. They were drawing this really strong distinction between first and third party of what is an ad and what is not. And to me, it was insane because I own HackerNoon.com and I'm advertising Medium all over it. Mm -hmm. So they're a third party to me. So I said to them, like, what? how does that work? You know, like, how can I be both? And, yeah. and this is where like, when you pivot hard and you, uh, in the beginning, you're a content management system helping all these other sites grow. And then you're not, there are residual things that like don't make sense about how you're doing business in the present because you told people you do business this way in the past. 
So it's a pretty tough spot to be in. And frankly, and I had just uh, hurt my knee. So I was like working my way back to work when I got all this. And it was, um, so I had surgery and it was, it just took a while to recover. So it was like, and yeah, it was emotionally difficult. um, You know, I work with my wife, Ling. So she's the chief operating officer. Um, So, you know, our whole family is dependent on this business. Um, So it was either. You've got a a child as well. Yeah. Yeah. I have two, uh, two right? Yeah. Um, So, you know, it's a lot riding on it, but um, they say, you know, uh, what is it? Innovation is the child of necessity or necessity is the mother of invention. One yeah. of those. <laughs> well, it's a lot of responsibility. I mean, you're running a website that traffics about what eight million uh, people a month, and uh, uh, eight million page views, uh, yeah. more like uh, one one to two million uh, people uh, per month. Um, okay. so a pretty good. Uh, I mean, it's a large community. It, it's it's something I'm I'm proud that it's gotten to this point, and it's having problems now that are large community problems. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you've got, you know, you've got the responsibility of running that. You've got the responsibility of a family. You've got a lot of stuff going on. And basically, the infrastructure that you built all this on is just all of a sudden like, oh, wait, no, we, we actually own you. Can you can you go into that? Like, what is well, a good when, analogy here? When I was here? a kid, you know, growing up in the country, I always just wanted to become a container. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> 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 you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's dehumanizing. That's what they call me. They call me in the thing of a container. Yeah. You know, and they whatever. emailed every contributing writer. So this was what, several thousand contributing writers who have all written for Hacker Noon. This email was sent to all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was uh, in a really aggressive, surprising move. It was a surprising Monday. <laughs> and <this laughs> was, the really surprising thing was, I had been working towards what I thought was the best transition plan. And that is to have a subdomain on Hacker Noon, something like archive.hackernoon and, or even medium.com, medium.hackernoon.com and keep all the content there and open up the root hackernoon.com, the root domain for the new environment. And this transition made the most sense because while the vast majority of the links to all these stories go to hackernoon.com slash story title. So we're the gateway to get these stories medium's internal links go medium.com so those links would break and i don't want to break any links yeah you know so i'm trying to serve the writer first and keep bringing them traffic you know part of why we've had success is we become authority on subject matters and it's the community helps grow that authority and then that helps the next community member get more readership so because we published on machine learning before the next story that comes in will have better distribution on machine learning if, if that's what they're writing about. So that's kind of like the, if you're looking to really serve the writer first, you want to keep growing traffic to their past stories. And that's what, that's what serving it would be. And that would be, so it would be a commitment to working together to continue to both of us drive traffic to those stories. And on our end, we would stop publishing on Medium and they would be more branded in the URL because if the first word is medium.hackernoon.com, People see medium first and I'm giving them this branding gift that they do not have right now. And I thought they were going to take this in their most recent email. Reasonable. It's very reasonable. And the most recent email a month ago was we're open to taking this. And then they cut off communication. I follow up multiple times. And the next communication I hear from them is all these writers forwarding me this email that they emailed all the writers. <laughs> it's like, 
you know? <laughs> and then after that, you know, on Monday night, they reach out to me and uh, say something about changing our terms, which we did just change our terms to make it more clearly, more clear mm -hmm. um, that the contributor owns their story and they can remove it at any time if they want. We don't want any stories on our site for people that don't want to be on our site. Like yeah. never did, never will, not interesting to me. And then we also made it more clear that no matter what we do with the content, we're going to accredit you appropriately, which is something I think we've always done. We've always tagged people in every newsletter. You know, we're tagging people as much as we can on Twitter. And in 2.0, it'll we'll have better automation to distribute the tweet and make sure that we tag the writer every single time. So it's like putting the writer first is what got us here and it's what helped medium grow so much too that like this subdomain compromise i thought you know was was great and it gives a clean break and we don't have all these confused writers complaining but you know uh, that's not the they chose instead to email all the writers and say don't do this <laughs> and they've made some other they've made some other decisions as well so it didn't it's not like this email just came totally out of the blue i mean obviously yeah. it was unexpected but since I've been involved with Hacker Noon in a more official capacity, I've been watching as features within Medium are getting depreciated. Uh, you know, ability to access, you know, everything from the newsletter to being able to curate stories. I mean, just even loading the necessary windows to be able to curate and do certain things in the settings. Uh, it's almost as if they've turned caching off or something that like things are breaking on a regular basis and Hacker Noon's been losing access to features that have been available for years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one that's bothering me right now, a lot of the value is writing a good headline changes the whole trajectory of a story. Mm -hmm. It just completely changes it. What is the headline is such an important decision. And we're rewriting, you know, most of our headlines and they know this because they monitor our behavior and I've told them this. <laughs> and now if you rewrite the headline and then you hit the publish button, they keep the SEO settings of the whole old headline and they keep the URL of the old headline. If you want the new headline to be in the story, you have to do like four extra clicks and they do this. So it's not even that they killed it. It's that they made the user add three or four clicks so that the headline of the SEO and the headline of the content and the headline of the URL will all match up. And yep. there's like absolutely no justification. Whatever the content is should be what the URL is and should be what the <laughs> one is to the search engine. It's like mm -hmm. total common sense. But if you just take that feature away, you now steal more time from the editor. Well, so and they also, let's talk about links for a second. So when you used to link to Hacker Noon, it, showed up in every social network it showed up all over the internet on facebook twitter whatever as a link from hacker noon now when you try to do that uh it's showing up as a medium link and it redirects you through medium before you even get to hacker noon can you talk a little bit about that link change and what what happened there i mean it's not happening everywhere um they built the strongest relationship with twitter in terms of embedding a url and then having a rich embed and chain trying to get make me trying to make it go from twitter to medium to hacker noon even when the user types in hackernoon.com slash story title and it's something you just have to be a more powerful person and you have to be interacting with these social networks and you have to change the way embedding works and talk to them and do that so it's it's a you know, 
I used to get upset about it. And like, I remember the day uh, they, they changed the tweet button on my site. So it's like, if you want to tweet a hacker noon story, you hit the tweet button. And now they auto do text of medium.com slash something. So you're literally on hackernoon.com <laughs> hitting yeah. a button and they want to send it back to medium. And it's like, Oh, it's such low hanging fruit to make a better site. It's like, oh, how do you make a better share button? You don't send the link to a different site. <laughs> like, how, how much, how can you make it less misleading? Well, yeah, you send it to the site you're on. It's like pretty simple. Um, and it's, I mean, they, it's like, do you rip a Band-Aid off or do you try and make the person bleed out? Yeah. It's, it, like it's a, and it's, some of it is, I think, internally, they didn't seem very empowered. Like when I'm talking to them, it's like, okay, like if you're gonna kill custom domain, like just tell me and I will evolve and move forward appropriately. But it's like, oh no, we're just gonna stop offering it to new users. And then no, no, we're just gonna be fine. And then it's like they're calling everybody up, asking them to move their custom domain to medium.com and they'll give them some other benefit. You know, mm -hmm. and that's, you know, the reason they're trying to buy or tried to buy, buy us out. So it's a tough, when I look back on them, it's like, it would have been so much cooler if they just kept going down this path of a better WordPress, empower millions of sites to be better across the internet mm -hmm. and cut out most of this noise and have a simple way to make some money. And you don't like, that's such a better thing to me. And if you are going to fully pivot to helping all these people publish on all these different sites to just publish on my site, start a new company. Like, don't take all the goodwill you created in this cool business model, but a cool business model can still fail. And if it was going to fail, like, let it fail and then start something new as opposed to trying to switch so that everyone now has a different behavior and all these people that grew businesses with you are now in a tough spot. And that, but that is something that's not unique at all for small businesses. Like, mm -hmm. first, when this news happens, you know, I'm upset about it, but then it's like, okay, you know, maybe I made the wrong dependency. Maybe I'm part of the problem here. And if my business isn't strong enough to survive this, it's not a good business and I should be doing a different business. And if it's not a good enough business, I will. I will kill it and go on to something else and it, because it's something different. So here, you but know, we- community rallied. I mean, yeah. over a thousand investors have invested in Hacker Noon. This is, no one has done this in publishing that I'm aware of. Um, you know, this is, this is significant. Uh, and you pulled together a crowdfund like overnight. This was no easy. Uh, no, it wasn't overnight. Um, you know, because I mean, one of the good things about having a big community is there were a bunch of people interested in buying us. I explained my story. I talked mm -hmm. to them. You know, there were people interested in investing us. And it became clear to each person I talked to, the solution is to have more resources and move off. <laughs> no one hears the story that I talked to and they're like, yeah, like figure out a way to work with them. So it's, it's kind of, <laughs> of like, how do you do that? So, you know, we got uh, some solid buyout offers, much um, a couple that were, you know, 10 X mediums offer. And frankly, you know, we considered pretty, pretty strongly, but um, the more people we talked to, the more we understood our situation and how to grow from it. And um, Howard Marks is the CEO of start engine and he's been writing on our site for a year. Um, and whenever he heard the story, he's like, dude, you have 200,000 readers a day that want this thing to continue to exist. You have all these thousands of writers depending on you. Just ask them. <laughs> <laughs> and so we ran an equity crowdfunding campaign with start engine and Ling, uh, my, my wife did 
most of the work because it's a ton of work. It's so yeah. much work behind the scenes that you don't see. The review with third-party accountants, with third-party lawyers, with getting all of your information, it's a mini public offering. You know, so it's, I don't have to go through the same level as a pub, as a IPO We're at the time we're a two person company. So that obviously doesn't make sense, but we released hundreds of pages and, you know, worked on telling our story and it forced us also to think bigger and plan about how we're going to be a better company and model it out. So it was, but you did that while you were still running Hacker Noon, which was already a full-time job and you're being undermined left and right by media. And they've kind of cut you off from your revenue. Yep, yep. So revenue was cut off. And then, um, yeah, that was pretty tough. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're, you know, at the time that we're You know, you know what was tougher about it? So the, they cut it off in September. We're booked through the end of December. So I'm over there picking up the phone. Hey, so happy that you trusted to work with us. Love that we signed that contract. Love that you're a third-time <laughs> renewal customer. Guess what? I can't serve you. We can't do a sponsorship. I can only sponsor, I can only advertise myself and I can only advertise medium. And those are the rules they've placed upon me while making me a lowball offer to try and get the asset. So mm -hmm. it's, it was a very tough spot. I mean, really it, it, the company would be dead if my wife wasn't working with me. Like yeah. she led the crowdfunding, wrote most of the messaging, did most of the work and you know, it was pretty simple. This is the story. We're going to build a small tech team to build our own infrastructure and have the building. We own the land. The URL is the location. Land is location. We own the land. We did not own the building. They had the infrastructure. If they want to come in and say, you don't have a bathroom here. And you're like, oh, I need to pee. It's like tough, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, um, <laughs> it, I, it was a lot of ups and downs. It really was. It was, it was it, some of the harder things, you know, but like seeing the community, like believe in us, you know, like, cause all we, the marketing of the campaign was so simple. Put it atop our site, <laughs> put the crowdfunding campaign atop our site. And that's where 90% of the traffic, uh, 88, 90%, whatever it ended up at, that's where all the traffic to the page came from. So yeah. when people say funded by readers, <laughs> These people are coming from our site and saying we want the site to get bigger and better and I like your plan for how you're gonna do it mm -hmm. so it's a pretty empowering thing um, and you know now we have this community of 1200 people ready to go go to bat for us and you know giving us tons of ideas about how to grow it and introductions and um, yeah I mean it, it put us it for, crowdfunding is not right for everyone but if you have a large online community and either your business model isn't figured out or your business model is being threatened by a larger company, it makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. You know, because now you're getting people that like your site and believe it will be bigger to own a piece of it. So when you're paying a subscription fee to Netflix, you don't own some Netflix. <laughs> They're not over there. You're not buying shares, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know we're going to keep all of our content free. Uh, and we can do that if we have a sponsor on each page and someone sponsors the page and it's not an intrusive ad. It's just there. And hopefully it fits to the content. And, you know, we've rejected a lot of companies that we don't think fit the content. And if you're not a good tech company or a good blockchain company or having something, you know, about how technology changes the world, you're not a good sponsor for a site. I'm not interested in selling party supplies or balloons. You know, it's just like, 
and it does, I think it's a bad site. You know, the sponsor should be relevant to the community. You know, when you go to events, you know, if you're going to a concert, you know, the sponsors there, they just, they fit more to the community and you're not like, I can't believe they're here asking me for money. You're like, no, it's sweet. I wanted a cheeseburger. Like this is the place where I would eat a cheeseburger. So I pay them. I'll go from the concert to the cheeseburger stand <laughs> buy the cheeseburger. So it's, um, I think the model is going to work pretty well. Um, and, and I think we can get back to profitability in the, you know, fall. Um, cause it's a pretty tough move. You know, <laughs> we were relying on a lot of free technology. You know, we're going to continue to have free hosting. Uh, Google uh, gave us a hundred thousand dollar grant in credits, so that was going to be our largest uh, non-people expense. Um, so that's definitely, you know, reducing a lot of risk. Um, well, but, and you brought in a you brought in a new head of product. Uh, I, what title is Dane going by these days? I'm not even sure. Anymore. Um, he started as interim CTO, and then he got really into it and really like working with him. I wanted to work. I. I used to work for him on his old startup. Um, and now, <laughs> you know, we've got to come full circle. He's the chief, Dane Lyons is the chief product officer. Um, and then Austin Pocus is our full stack developer. Um, and that, that's our four person team. Um, and then we have, you know, part-time people around it in editing, uh, design, front end, um, and podcasting, of course. Yeah, myself included in that. So, <laughs> yeah. So for the listener, yes, I joined Hacker Noon right as it was a sinking ship. Uh, oh, <laughs> and now you've heard the full story here, but uh, we're hoping, you know, we're hoping to write this thing. And, you know, the reason we did the podcast was, you know, it was another way to further the intentions of what Hacker Noon was doing. I was already running a crypto podcast. It just made sense. Like, you know, I was getting most of my traffic from Hacker Noon because I was publishing all my episodes on Hacker Noon. I was like, why, why am I doing my own thing? Like, it just made total sense to join Hacker Noon and do this and then, you know, continue to work with you and see this process through because, I mean, we're potentially, what, weeks away from getting Hacker Noon 2.0? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> Things are happening fast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and we need to get our CEO off Twitter arguing with a former Twitter co-founder about <laughs> emails that are being sent. Uh, so, you know, I, I hate to bring it back to that, but like, let's let's talk about like the last like, I don't know, three or four days here. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's kind um, of- Yeah, so, you know, like, we had- how, else, how to put it. I mean, a lot of it really started with two viral tweets. Mm -hmm. uh, one is Gary Tan from Initialize Capital. Um, who invested in our crowdfunding campaign saying, talking about how like the, what this message that they sent to our contributors is insane. And that really resonated with a lot of people. Um, <laughs> and then um, Owen uh, at OW on Twitter, he got the message and he was extremely confused and thought that we were trying to take their content and own it and like have this license that we didn't intend to have. But there was truth and the community came out and said, like, we didn't write our non-exclusive license as clean as we should. You know, we wrote it uh, a while ago and frankly did not spend much on it because we did not have much money. And that shows you, like, rich people pay for good paperwork. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lesson here. <laughs> so we're getting attacked for these things that we didn't even intend to do, you know, and so... Yeah. Then the next day, we're, we're, we're emailing the lawyers, we're getting on the phone with them, we're cleaning up the terms and conditions. <laughs> we're like, hey, 
<laughs> like you can remove your content at any time. You will always be accredited. We just want to publish people that want to be here. Like <laughs> that's like our, our intention here, like a simple non-exclusive license, which is not a simple thing to do. It sounds like it is, but it's really not. <laughs> so that was uh, pretty stressful, you know, and then um, writing statements, you know, cause our, our response when we saw this email from them, was like, we have to respond to that. So, you know, I wrote my own statement. We had a company statement. Uh, so I'm at David Smook on Twitter and Hacker Noon is at Hacker Noon on Twitter. So you can see them there if you want. Um, but they're essentially saying like, no, we're not trying to take any content. We're trying to keep it in the land that it is, on the URL, the location that it is, where all the links go to. We're serving the writers. And writers now have a choice. You can either opt in to keeping your content on hackernoon.com or you can choose to remove it and a bunch of links to your story will break. Um, and it's up to you. Like, it's not, if, they're past stories. Our, our success is not going to be determined by the transitioning of this, our past stories, but they are stories that everyone, all the writers wanted to publish in Hacker Noon and they are in hackernoon.com. So it's, um, it's a tough process. And many, I talked to multiple lawyers as medium, as these threats were going on. And many people think like, there's no reason to even go get another license and another agreement from these writers. I'm one of those people. Can you talk a little bit about this? Because I think this is really important. Why can't you just take the content that everybody submitted to hackernoon.com as its own essentially independent site? Why can't you just take that content and move it to hackernoon.com? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the short answer is I, I believe I can, uh, but uh, you know, lawyers have different points of view, um, different amongst themselves they do. So mm -hmm. I think it's better to cover my ass and get additional agreements. And also it means I'm working with more of the writers who believe in us more, which mm -hmm. is what I want to do too. So, um, the process has been really fun. And just in terms of like getting to communicate with the best writers, uh, in the community. Um, so the short answer is I, I believe if you agree to publish on hackernoon.com and hackernoon change its hosting provider or changes its, uh, you know, whatever, which goes from react to view on the front end, it's like, it's still on the same URL and it's never been on a different URL. So yeah. to me, it's pretty simple, but it's never simple. You know, they're, they're, it's just like, if, if it's affecting another business, another business is going to react and they're going to have their own point of view. So we're putting in the extra work, and we're communicating one-on-one -on -one with thousands of writers, and it is a lot of work. I wish we were just putting all of our labor into growing the site and having ways to raise the quality and grow the community. So there's, it's, it's frustrating to be wasting time on things that were already done. You know, mm -hmm. there's no writer on the site that didn't agree to publish on the site. So yeah. it's, 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 but it's better it's better to be thorough. And as the little guy, it's better to be thorough than spend money on lawyers. I'd rather <laughs> engage with the community and I'd rather do it this way. But, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely probably, it's more work than a riskier person would do. A riskier person would just keep the content where it is on hackernoon.com and move on with their life. But I, I think this is um, better. And really, if, <laughs> I just wish, you know, the transition plan was smooth and like I wasn't getting yes, no, yes, no, yes. Silence, silence, silence. What's going on? Follow up, follow up, nothing. So it's, um, yeah, it's well, been a pretty think, tough time. You'd think medium would have put together some kind of transition terms or, uh, you know, figured out what this they did. Is. Take, 
don't do anything else. Take our low ball offer. Yeah. That was their ideal transition terms. Which, that's not right. Um, and then, I mean, it's, it's not really about right or wrong. You know, I wouldn't do business that way. And I did not agree to that deal. <laughs> but, like, other people did. You yeah. know? I mean, the bold italic is now not the bold italic anymore. So, um, so for some people, it's the right decision, you know, but to mm. me, just the idea that I would take literally two cents on the dollar is infuriating and it's, it's insulting to, you know, the thousands of hours and thousands of hours of labor that me, my team and the community and the part-time people have put into this. Yep. And now those people are being emailed from Medium with disparaging remarks and just kind of muddying the waters. I don't know how else to put it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it, systemically, you know, this isn't just happening to Hacker Noon and Medium. This is happening with Twitter. This is happening with Facebook. There's actually going to be another episode of the podcast soon where I talk to uh, Christina Warren. She's formerly of Mashable and Gizmodo. Her and I go into detail about this, so I won't talk too much on it right now. Uh, when that episode comes out, definitely take a listen. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, but this is happening in Silicon Valley. This is happening with all of these major social media sites. Uh, they've changed their algorithms. They've changed how they operate with publishers. They've changed how they operate with, the, you know, with their users. Um, I mean, just the other day, I think Facebook is actually being criminally investigated with how they've handled user data. Um, so there's a lot of different things going on right now in Silicon Valley, in this tech space, and you know what's happening to Hacker Noon is a symptom of this same disease or disorder that's happening across all of these social network sites right now. Uh, and it's, it's kind of sad to see, but on the other hand, there, there is a silver lining here because Hacker Noon 2.0 has a future. Can you talk a bit about where you're going now? What does the future look like for Hacker Noon? What are some of the things that you know, this team is working on? Yeah. Yeah. The, these social media sites, man, they change so much over time. It's, uh, it is frustrating with Hacker Noon 2.0. Um, you know, we want to raise the quality of the content and that starts with editors. So we've already, you know, brought on more part-time editors and we're going to have a minimum baseline of how much time they spend on each story. Uh, and then we're also, we want to get towards great expertise leads editorial line. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, the authority on Bitcoin now, because they've written so much on Bitcoin and they have proved they're the authority of the site, they're now, they have the power to publish other people. So we want to keep the essence of, there's always a second person to review your story if you want. And there's always someone in the community to help you uh, make a better story. And that, that simple level of quality control makes the, uh, it makes so it's so much better. It's not the same as an editor spending three hours rewriting your story, but it's so much better than you just hitting the publish button. So there are many features where the community wants to help, but they cannot because of the way the software is designed. The way Medium designed their software is there's one editor, they can edit every single page on the site, and that's it. And there's the, the communication is private note, like hard to get history. You know, so looking at like 
tightening that communication and empowering contributors and editors, contributors to know when their draft is open, to know what changes the editor made, and to know when the story's scheduled. You know, there are simple like communication points that we just can't do with our current software. And by editors are gateway. They're gateway to contributors getting published. And right now we have too many contributors and the volume of submissions is too high. So there's always gonna be a balance between the amount of editing and the amount of stories submitted. So that's kind of the, the published rate of publishing side of things. Uh, on the reader side of things, you know, we wanna keep what's working in the current environment. And with this content management system, cutting out the, making it just text for a bunch of it and never interrupting the story with anything else is, is in our blood and we're gonna stick to it. And we're not, because our model is a sponsorship, an eyeball that's not logged in is still valuable to us. If your model is not that, that's not true. So we're not going to have a pop-up ad when you get to the story to create an account for us. Yeah. It's your content. There's no business of Hacker Noon putting a pop-up ad on top of your content when you or someone else drove traffic to the story. So mm -hmm. that, that flow is infuriating whenever the, the traffic's coming from elsewhere and then someone else is putting a pop-up ad on top of it. Our readers will create accounts when they want to take actions. If you want to react to the story, if you want to comment on the story, if you want to build a bookmark list, if you want to do those types of things, you'll create an account in the moment you want to do the thing. You don't create an account just to access the free content. So that's what we want to stick very firm to. And I think it's going to serve us very well because we're reducing barriers for people to read. Mm -hmm. If you put an ad or you put a layover or you put a prompt or whatever you want to call it, in the way of people reading, people read less. Yeah. And I've seen in our bounce rate, as I'm monitoring how often the medium account creation comes over our, the hackernoon.com story. So mm -hmm. there's, it's a tough balance and it just doesn't make sense to us to put, and it's, it's just, I don't, I don't wanna read on it. And that's like, there's also that level when you're building something of like, would I use it? And if I don't endorse it, I cannot put other people onto it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully here that's going to be changing very soon with Hacker Noon 2.0, which I mean, fr from a user standpoint, all you have to do is continue to go to Hacker Noon. Uh, there's not really much else for them to do. They might have to re-register an account or, uh, you know, maybe go through some kind of process like that. But uh, is there anything else that users can anticipate or other than potentially a better experience? Um. You know, I think we're going to be a little softer on the green. Um, our green. We don't have much control over design. We can basically just pick a color right now. So, uh, and our green is uh, zero red, 255 green, and zero blue on the RGB scale. Um, that makes it green, very green. Uh, some people have complained, and we, I think we'll have better design. You know, we're never going to lose the green. It's just, it won't be as many pixels. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think we'll create a great community um we really want to just have those those first person stories are my personal favorite um just in terms of like really getting into the expertise of your job or where you know your field is headed um but you know there's a lot of great you know how to and you know how they're building and you know we've had a lot of cryptocurrency content and a lot of blockchain content because i believe you know cryptocurrency is where technology is has the potential to change the world the most 
and cutting out these institutions and intermediaries and letting peer-to-peer -peer people and make decisions and interactions without having to pay a transaction fee on all their stuff. Like there's a, there's I a see real, some parallels there. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, long-term, I, I firmly believe the highest in the short term, we're going to make money with the top navigation sponsor and the brands that we've been publishing like um, Alibaba tech and AngelList. We've been doing that for free. Um, but in the future, if you want the brand as author, it's going to be a small fee. So that's going to be our group of small payments and subscription payments. And um, if it's great content, and that's, that'll still go through the same editorial process. It's just if you, you want the actual accred author accreditation to be a logo instead of a human, that's something that people will pay for. Mm -hmm. And that's where I believe, you know, the Google developer blogs and all these top tech companies' blogs our content tech professionals should read, you know, and they are reading and it's something where they could read it on Hacker Noon instead of going to the Google developers blog. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a nice happy medium of serving the contributor by get or the reader by getting them content uh, that they would normally read. But also, you know, if the brand wants their logo there, there's a small fee. So that's kind of the two that's going to take us, I believe, to profitability. But the longest term path of this company is all the contributions mapped to a cryptocurrency and that cryptocurrency has a price and it can be bought and sold elsewhere. And every time you hit some milestone, if you create a day of time reading, like you write a good story, people literally spend a day's worth of time on it across all the thousands of readers. That's a milestone that I think would earn a currency. Um, so there's, that's kind of the highest future we have and we may not get there. You know, we may just, successfully have these two, three revenue streams, events, podcasts, and grow from four to eight to 10 people and uh, serve contributors and get them grow their communities. Uh, but I, I think, you know, you've seen like, you've seen the community, uh, 1200 people own shares in the company and want to own it. It's like, there's a reality that this community can become much bigger. Mm -hmm. And tech is infiltrating everything. And the stories of how technology is built, why it's built, where it's built, when it's built, those stories are going to get more readership in the future, whether it's on my site or elsewhere. That's something that's just going to happen, in my opinion. So I think we're going to end up with a much better site uh, than we have today. Um, I definitely have better people on it, people that are better than me. <laughs> when it's just me, it's my fault. <laughs> so now I have other people to blame, too, which doesn't really work. All the blame still ends up falling to me. <laughs> but um, it's fun. It's so cool to have a team. And, uh, um, you know, I'm really excited to go to work. I'm excited to move past Medium and stop using their content management system and just have that be a story of the past. Because I am thankful that they helped us grow. I'm thankful that it, there's, they offered a CMS that was so plug and play and people like me could get started and see if they're thing is true because I failed in 15 other publications <laughs> like they're, they're they just like some of them would have peaks some of them would make some money sometimes it would work but it's like the reality was it wasn't a strong enough fit and it didn't mm. it didn't hit the spot like Hacker Noon did as a place to read and enough people that really you know well over the thousand true fans and so the idea that a company you know could you learn like, like I said in the beginning, I didn't set out to build Hacker Noon. I set out to try things in publishing 
<laughs> and do things that worked. And if it made more money, do it again. And if it grew more traffic, do it again. And it's like through this process of iteration, I ended up at this point. And it's the same problem, you know, you run into a problem, do you kill it or do you iterate? And we're people that are just going to keep iterating on this thing. So when, when Hacker Noon 2.0 launches in late March or April, um, it's not going to be perfect. It's gonna, <laughs> like there are going to be key things that are better about the site than it is today. But it's, you know, it's made by four people in four months. <laughs> and we're trying to like, it's like, it's just not, enough, it's just not going to be perfect. And I'm totally happy with it because there are key things about it that are going to be better in how the community can interact with each other. And I, I think there's just a lot of activity that is happening around the site that like, the best part is when the contributors interact with each other. And there's just like a lot of that is happening in all these, our Facebook groups, our WhatsApp groups, our discourse instance, like it's happening all over the place and we can bring it together, um, I think, and create a, a thoughtful, um, intelligent and respectful uh, technology community. So David, I, I got to stick with tradition here. So I've got to ask you, what's some time in your life you've had to hack something? I know you just probably listed about 10 examples, but I'm going to need one more. <laughs> Oh, one more. Good one of hacking something. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, uh, let's see. I guess I should have been prepared for this question, huh? Yeah, I think actually you originally came up with this question. You told me I should start asking all the guests this at the end of each episode. Oh, yeah, I did do that. Uh, <laughs> so I'm throwing it back at you. <laughs> Um, so this may sound like a silly one, uh, but Go for it. you know, my daughter's in that age where we're almost moving from the crib to a bed. And right now in her room, the way we set it up is there's a crib and then there's this guest bedroom, basically a guest bed next to her. And I was like, okay, are we going to like get her a kid bed? You know, like I don't want her to fall off the bed. And the way I hacked it was I just took apart the bed frame threw it away and put the mattress on the floor. <laughs> so now she has a giant bed on the floor, no threat of rolling off. <laughs> and I, instead of buying like a two-year-old, a five-year-old bed or some one of those little kitty beds, I just destroyed the guest bed and kept the mattress on the floor. So less is more. Um, she loves, you know, plenty of room for all these stuffed animals. Um, and that's <laughs> a story of how I threw away a bed. <laughs> but also gained a bed at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that I didn't have, you know, the problem, because if you, she was on a real bed and she falls off, it's like, yeah. that's super scary, you know? <laughs> like, I, I reduced a lot of risk. <laughs> well, there we go. And uh, let's, uh, let's summarize this kind of, you know, for the audience, you know, just kind of recap, you know, what happened with the medium situation quickly and, you know, where Hacker Noon 2.0 is going, you know? Uh, so we build on their content management system. We're moving off their content management system, building our own infrastructure on hackernoon.com. In the transition, writers can either keep their stories with us or remove them, and they can always remove their stories if they want. And then they can always get their stories reviewed by an editor. They can't always publish with us. It depends, you know, on the quality of it. And, um, you know, but it's going to be a much better site, I believe. Um, I think it's going to be a more open site, uh, less barriers to reading. And I think uh, more experts curating the content is going to create a better experience to get to your next story, um, as opposed to 
machines curating it or someone like me curating. I'm not an expert on blockchain. I shouldn't be curating the blockchain page. Yeah. So I think empowering the community to curate and empowering the community to publish others is going to raise the quality of the community of the content on the site and, um, and just make it to readers not like don't get in the way. That's like the primary job. Like you found our site somehow on the internet and you gaining value from it. Like I'm just not going to get in the way. <laughs> That's like <laughs> the main thing I'm going to like strive for. And then, um, Hopefully, you know, with the community curating better and the community being empowered to curate, um, you know, the, the, the reader will get a better next story. And when they get to a group of stories, they'll have a, a more relevant collection. So I, I think it'll be uh, a better reading experience. Um, I think we'll publish more people. And um, I'm looking forward to Hacker Noon 2.0. And I hope um, you'll just give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're going to continue to have a lot of those contributing writers on the podcast as well. Um, and we're going to, you know, we're going to keep pushing forward here with the show as well. And, you know, continue. Oh, and we set up um, contribute.hackernoon.com for oh, anyone yes. to submit a story. Uh, so it's a pretty simple uh, workflow. Um, if you want to, you know, share the cool stuff you're building, um, we'd be happy to review, improve, distribute, and get, get your story out there. Awesome. And where else can people find Hacker Noon? Hackernoon.com is where it's been and it's where it'll be. So that's, that's the primary thing people should remember. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, uh, all that fun stuff. Um, We're on YouTube, too, where this video lives <laughs> right now. So. Oh, yeah. You can, you can type in, I think, uh, hackernoon.video and you'll end up on our YouTube channel or, you, you know, YouTube, if you've heard of it, they host videos. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the show, man. Uh, you know, it, we're going to have to get you on more often, hopefully under better circumstances. Uh, but I thought it was really important to have you on and clarify to the Hacker Noon community, like, what's going on? Um, and hopefully we've accomplished that. And, uh, you know, things continue to move forward with Hacker Noon 2.0. Thanks for uh, nudging me to do this, Trent. Uh, it was yeah. fun. All right. Back to the internet.